Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy. I'm your host, Paula Jenkins. I invite you to join me as we explore how inspiring people have chosen joy in their lives and what they have to share with us about how to jumpstart joy in the world. Plus, how do we follow our own hearts, find work that lights us up while mindfully noticing the role joy plays in our own journey. Welcome to episode 129. This is Paula Jenkins, the host of Jumpstart Your Joy. This week's interview is with personal stylist and coach Rain Parvis, and it is just one of those special and fun-filled discussions that really feels more like a chat with an old friend than an interview. (laughs) So I know you guys are going to love this so much. Rain and I hit it off from the start, and we are laughing so hard in this interview that it is just such a total delight to be able to share it with you this week. So Rain has been very joyfully styling clients, and she taps into what she calls her own gift of being able to see you in your own best potential. She loves helping people pare down their own clothes, pick out what works for them, and shop with them to find new pieces to complement their style. She also has a great book out, The Ultimate Style Guide from Drab to Fab, (laughs) Um, and she layers in experience as a coach and a stand-up comedian, and as you'll see, her take on styling and business is uniquely joyful. What I love about Rain is that she also took time to answer my own bizarre questions, including these. What styles look best on someone who is four foot ten inches tall, like me? <laughs> Do these three quarter sleeves make my butt look big, or, <laughs> or what? And why can't I let go of these shoes that I bought in Boston twenty years ago, but have never worn? <laughs> so you'll get to hear all the answers to those great questions in just a bit. Before we get to the interview, let me say I am so glad that you are here. Welcome, I. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for for tuning in this week and always and for joining me and being a part of this show. If you are new to Jumpstart Your Joy, I'm delighted that you are here and I publish show notes for every episode, including this one, that will have links to the guest site, additional references, like if we, the books that we mention, picture of the shoes that I still have from Boston. And any of the other topics that we discuss, you can find them on the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com. And for this specific episode, jumpstartyourjoy.com slash Rain Parvis, and she spells her name R-A-Y-N-E Parvis. It's also be on the homepage this week. So some news and updates before we get to the interview. Um, my mastermind friend, Julie Houghton, We just hosted this super fun interactive online workshop last Friday, which was March 23rd. And we were talking about finding and reclaiming your confidence. Now, you guys, this this workshop was awesome. And if you want to get the replay, that's still available for the workshop. And you can sign up and still get that link um, from jumpstartyourjoy.com. Look for the Reclaiming Confidence button on the right-hand side of the page or on the front page, we talked about negative self-talk and the inner mean girl and why familiar habits and comfort zones keep it, all of us from going after the things that we want and what to do, you know, tips and tricks on how to work through that. So 
super fun. It's really worth a listen. Um, so go sign up for it and you'll get the replay link. And now <laughs> for the main event, here's the interview with Rain Parvis. Welcome to the show. Today, I have stylist Rain Parvis on the show. I am so glad you are here, Rain. Welcome. Thanks, Paul. I'm excited to be here. This is going to be a fun conversation. I can't wait. Would you like to, before we get launched into the first question, would you like to explain who you are and what you do? Sure. My name is Rain, obviously. I do personal styling and I'm a certified style coach located in Los Angeles. And pretty much I help strip people of negative self-talk, ill-fitting clothes, drab colors, and I style them with self-love. And it's just been such a joy and such a transition from all the people from all over the world that I've worked with and I've helped. And literally after just an hour, because it's kind of like I can see you, I can see you in your best way potential, just as like sometimes a mother can look at a child or a mother or a woman can look at a husband and be like, oh my gosh, you have so much potential. Let me just tweak you up a little bit. And so that's pretty much what I do for people in their style. I love that. Oh my goodness. I think we're probably probably all saying, yes, I need that. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know what? Most people do. And sometimes I'll look at photos of myself that I'll post and be like, what was I thinking? I myself need a stylist because it's like we can see in others what we necessarily can't see for in ourselves. If you would walk us through too, the first question I like to ask everybody, but is as a child, um, where were your earliest sparks of joy? What, what lit you up as a little one? I would have to say my first journey, my first faith experience of riding a bike. Mm-hmm. So everybody in the neighborhood could ride the bike and I was always teased. And like one day they were just on me and on me and teasing me. And I said, you know what? I can ride a bike. I've just been fooling you guys the whole time. And they were all watching me. And I literally got on the bike and I was just like, I'm going to ride this bike or I'm never going to hear the end of it. And I rode the bike and I couldn't believe it. And so it was kind of my first intuition of believe it, say it, and you can do it. Mm. So it was just super fun. I used to ride my bike all over the neighborhood. And I feel so bad for children today because so much of them are online and doing web stuff. And we just all need to get outside. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So true. Yes. Oh, I like that moment too. I t- you took me right back to my bike with the red sparkly seat and you know the big banana seat. <laughs> yes, I had a blue and white one with a basket, and it was definitely a banana seat. <laughs> oh, those are the best. I love those bikes, and I love that you were like, "Oh no, I I can do this. You just you just watch me." <laughs> what a brave, well, they would they wouldn't you know. stop teasing me, and oh. but that was the first time where I literally was starting a pedal, and I said. I didn't know God or whatever at the time, but I was like, oh my gosh, I need to ride this bike or I'm never going to hear the end of it. And I rode it and I just couldn't believe it. And I was like, see, told you. <laughs> <laughs> that is, yes, ah, I love it. Well, and I also love what you said right before the question about um, earliest sparks of joy, but like what happens? So let's just jump into style. Like what happens to us? I mean, I'm, I'm, um, well, I, I think I've got on some decent clothes today, but it's so easy to fall into that slump of like, it is. oh, there's my clothes. There's the ones I put on yesterday. I'm just going to put those back on. Like what happens, do you think, um, to people as as time goes on with your clothes? Well, here's the thing. So sometimes when people have 
a closet full of clothes, or this also happens when we have too many directions that we could go in our life, we end up just getting stuck and not moving. So I kind of take it on as when we look into our closet, there may be a hundred items there. And when you don't know the steps and how to make create your uniform, you don't know what colors work, you kind of just look at everything. You're like, you know what, I don't even want to make the decision right now because I have too many things going on in our life, like whether it's raising children, running a business, learning how to run WordPress or social media. It's like when we look at our closet, we just want to gravitate towards something simple, throw it on, and then like go out the door. So I really feel like the reason why that happens is because sometimes there's too many choices and you don't know how to make the best choice when it comes to our wardrobe. Like, for example, when we look into a refrigerator and we're like, ah, I don't know what to eat. And you're like, so really it comes to too many choices and not knowing how to choose when it comes to style like we would for our business, for food, for any other decision that we make in our life. I love that explanation so much because <laughs> I really hadn't completely thought about limiting choices and how too many clothes kind of is also a problem if you're already overwhelmed in your day-to-day, -day, which I think we probably all are. Right. So when you go to the grocery store, you're like, if I'm trying to get in shape, you know what is going to work for you. So you don't even go into the cookie aisle. So it's right. kind of like the same process when you're styling and when you're shopping for yourself. So when I teach people, it's like they know what colors work, they know what styles work. So hopefully they can, you know, let go of all the stuff that's really not working at the, working for them. And then when you look into your closet, you can mix and match outfits, you know what to do. And it really just becomes a uniform versus just blindly going in somewhere. I get the sense that you kind of have a, a really good gut level intuition about someone when you meet them. And, but how does that, how do you bring that to life when you're like looking at their closet and helping them out? So I often start with a style questionnaire. So I say, hey, what are your issues? What are you having problems with? What would you like to change? And it's more, so I'm a certified life coach, and that just means we're mixing in the fashion, the outwardness with your inwardness. So it's my job to say, what is stopping you? What's causing this? And then how can we move and tweak it forward and show you a different way? So after you answer all the questions, I kind of like look at where you're going, what you're doing. I have you send me 10, you know, five to 10 selfies of you in outfits so I can kind of see where to tweak it. And then we move forward from there. So I always like to see what you're doing right now in photos, where you'd like to go, your purpose, and then I tweak it from there. And I teach mm -hmm. you how to style yourself, the colors, the styles, why certain things weren't working with what you were wearing and I can point it out in your photos and then how we can change that. I, I love that you're kind of, you're using coaching and styling to complement each other. Cause I get, even for myself, so much of like putting on what it's a loaded proposition every time I go into the closet because what I, I have inner critic coming up. I have mean girls from mm -hmm. high school coming up. I have, I don't feel like getting dressed today coming up. So like, I love that there's like that, the complement of things that happen and you understand that for people. Cause I remember having some strange experience in, as in high school at a department store where it was like, you know, styling class. Right. But, but it was really right. like, how, how, are, how can you be fashionable, which didn't necessarily take into consideration who I was or what I wanted to show up as. So how how have you blended those things? It sounds like in the kind of like a unique way so that people feel, sounds like more like themselves, but also fashionable. What you kind of 
touched on is the key to this is where do you, would you like to go? What would you like your fashion to represent? I would style someone differently if they were looking for a husband or, you know, wife, whatever, for dates versus, hey, I'd really love to up my business game. How do I dress for work? How do I dress for work for social media to get more clients versus how would I, you know, like I said, like looking for dates is also a completely different um, arena. And then what you also mentioned before we actually started recording was, I said, hey, how's the weather up there? And you're like, oh, my gosh, it's raining, but I'm wearing yellow today. I'm feeling a little bit peppy. And that's also stuff that I take into consideration. So do you need to feel more joyous in your life? Well, let's dress you in joyous colors because studies have shown that when you do put on that fabulous yellow, I saw in your in your photo, Paula, you're wearing periwinkle, which is like the color for every skin tone. So you can't go wrong with that. That also increases joy. Yes. <laughs> uh, so it's more of just like finding what you'd like to fix and where you'd like to go and then tailor tailoring that to that direction. Yes. Well, and it is funny because we probably intuitively as individuals know, hey, I kind of like how this makes me feel, but maybe we aren't tuning into, like you're saying that this color looks great on everybody or that this is a color that's great for a, a cloudy day because it'll, it, you know, it ups your energy or whatever. And that's also the problem with the makeover shows, that what mm. not to wear. Mm -hmm. I want to say 80%, again, I'm just throwing math out there. I'm not great with math, but most <laughs> people, when they, when they get a makeover on a makeover show, they always F up back to where they were originally because they're just changing the outside and not fixing the root of the problem. So like mm. you said, a lot of people will look in, like a lot of my clients will look into their closet and say, oh, I just don't even know what to do. So they'll just throw on their all black suit because it's easy. And they don't want to take the risk of actually wearing that blazer with the tags on it because they don't want to get the attention because they're not ready for it. They don't want to have someone criticize that jacket. They're like, oh, hey, you're actually wearing that jacket today because they're insecure. So my job, what I love to do is make people – feel secure about their fashion choices. And sometimes we just need that extra voice that says, hey, you know that Rain says, I'm going to look cute in this blazer and I'm going to get compliments, so <laughs> you're going to do it, and most likely you will. So it's more of finding out what, what works for you versus just throwing on trendy items, which most of the time is not going to work for somebody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's in there's something about engaging with the – we'll go a little coachy, but like the internal dialogue of – probably erasing, erasing some of those mean girl comments with saying, no, you're beautiful. Like, and you're going to look great in this thing. And so then someone can leave with some confidence instead of leaving the really cute thing they bought in the back of the closet, which of course has happened to all of us. Absolutely. So I'm, I like to say, I like to replace those mean girl comments and that's including mm -hmm. your own mind. So we reframe stuff, which that's like coaching terminology again, which means you take something, you reframe it where it's like positive to make it work for you. And so, yes, I have a very bold voice. And so most likely when you're going out in something that we've styled and we work together, you're going to have that confidence because you can also see in a photo, your listeners can do this as well. Take a photo of you in something that you'd wear every day and then dress up yourself in something that you like and then you can kind of see the difference in the photo. So I'll say, hey, look at this before photo of you, but look at this after photo of you and this outfit where you're 
waist is being shown, your colors are making your skin, hair, and eye color pop, your legs look so much longer than what they did back then, and then you can visually see it in a photo because photos don't lie. Mm, that's a great, great tip. Yeah, I mean, I've got some wonderful challenges. <laughs> I'm four foot ten, which is really short, and mm -hmm. and so there's a lot of things that like I, I think it's it's really hard to then translate what is fashionable, but then what really looks appropriate on any given body type. Like everybody has something that's unique to them, and yeah, and then I think the other thing that I've run into recently is I'm I am. 45. So hormones have changed and now the weight's all settling a little different. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, you take a hit to the confidence when you're like, yeah, I don't know what to do here. So, so I don't know what would you, maybe there's a great question in there about like, how does someone whose body is changing in some way? I don't know. How would you approach that? So, because it would be really easy for me to wear ill-fitted dresses every day and just, and just give up. Right. <laughs> Which I'm not doing. No, absolutely. <laughs> and that makes and that makes complete sense. One another thing that I also love to do for my clients that are gaining weight or they're, you know, maybe not the size two that they were back in the day, is to look at photos of celebrities that have your body type and get mm -hmm. used to how they look in clothes. Because I think so much when we look in a magazine we, our eyes get used to seeing the, you know, the Ken, Kylie Jenner, whatever their names are, uh, and, you know, size four clothes, walking the runway, in these fashions, airbrushed. And then so when we come to see that our own body, we think that we're fat, we're ugly, we're not cute, because we're so used to seeing Photoshop images of people in the media and the magazines that we really need to find those fashion bloggers those celebrities that are out and about, don't look at the red carpet photos of them in their everyday life. And then we can kind of say, hey, wow, I'm rocking this skirt just like them. And I am a size 12 or I have gained 30 pounds. Another thing is, is to see yourself the way that you are now. And this is a new transition, a new chapter. So I always, I love to make analogies, right? So when you're, when you're going to shop for a car five years ago, I wanted a white Dodge Charger muscle car. <laughs> and if I had the money back then, I would have bought it. And I'm so happy I didn't have the money back then because that car would not reflect the person who I am today. And that's a lot of how our fashion has to be viewed as well. So we need to see what works for us, what works for the celebrities and the people that have those stylists out there and we kind of can emulate what they look, get used to how they look on their everyday life, how they dress for their body type versus only visualizing what you currently see in the magazine. It's so helpful because yeah, I think I love that you've kind of called out. I mean, obviously we all know that the, the Kardashians, they're not an example of what day-to-day -day life is in any way really for most right. people. So I, I think we all intuitively know that part, but I think then diving deeper to say, but find somebody who you, you know, in my case, well, Kristen Chenoweth is way skinnier, but like, but uh -huh. somebody of this, a similar height and then a similar build, I think that is super helpful because then I could see things that look like me instead of trying to emulate someone that I am just simply not at this point. <laughs> and it makes Absolutely. me feel more comfortable. Absolutely. Another great style icon that I love to kind of look at as well is, of course, Oprah. Oprah mm -hmm. is 
no matter what size she is, you know, what weight, she always just dresses impeccably for her shape, and she rocks those colors. She rocks those skirts. She rocks those dresses. And so when it comes to, you know, you just have to find your fashion icons that fit where you are. Mm -hmm. Ooh, I love that. I'm going to go look for some. Maybe I can, maybe I'll tweet some positive images that are my height. (laughs) If there are any other shorties out there. We have a unique challenge. It's it's true. Even while um, Gloria is pretty short, is she, she oh, I, impeccably. Yeah, yes, I love, I love Eva Gloria. She just looks amazing. Another thing is is when you're petite, you also kind of really have to pay attention to the cuts and styles that you wear as well, so you don't look like, hey, you're still wearing your junior clothes, right? <laughs> right. So, so V-necks are your friends. Always create the waist. And then another great tip, not like we're, we're doing Paula makeover because I think you're fabulous, but uh, another great tip that I had for, I recently had a petite client was to do higher waisted jeans and a, just a little half tucky and it made her legs look so much longer and her cuts just look so much more adult-like versus the stuff that she was wearing, you know, before with the crew neck. Interesting. I will also say one thing I've noticed on me, three-quarter length um, sleeves are a travesty because <laughs> it makes me look like they shrunk. Like if they never hit right at the three-quarter length. And I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Here's a great question. Can sleeves kind of accentuate a weight um, if you're a little bit heavier? I, I almost feel like I look heavier in a three, three-quarter length sleeve than I do in anything else. It's weird. So you may want to try. That's a great question. I always, it's called breathing room. What style is called breathing room is okay. we either show just a tad of our wrist because most women have very dainty wrists. Or if you are a little bit more voluptuous, your wrists are always going to be slightly smaller. And when you show your wrist, whether it be a three-quarter or you just roll up the sleeves just a tad, just push them up, you're going to look slightly skinnier versus if you have something that's going all the way down your body and it's a little bit loose. So, for example, you can also do a jean. So maybe you're doing an ankle-lace jean, not necessarily the rolled-up look, but the ankle-lace jean, which shows your little ankles, and Mm. it's going to make you look a little bit, um, thinner in appearance versus covering yourself up from head to toe. You can also try this with a V-neck because our necks are also usually long and slender as well. And so when you break up your body in different pieces and show at least your ankles or your wrist or your neck, your um, your chest area, it breaks up your body and just makes you look a little bit longer. I love that advice. Thank you. That is super helpful. Well, and let's talk, I, I know the audience also loves to hear how people got to where they are. That's a real, um, they love to see how people's careers have changed. And I know you have an interesting background in stand-up comedy. Would you like to tell us about how did you transition from one to the other? Cause I think <laughs> I love what like motivates people to make changes. Yes. I started doing stand-up because I love to make people laugh and I really wanted to, I saw myself as the next don't laugh Peggy Bundy. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I performed as a character called ring cat and it was, I did it from around, I did it about four years from 2006 to 2010. I was out in the clubs every single night. So for those of the comedians that make it big hats off to them, because literally that is about, seven years of work of being out and about in the clubs, sometimes three, four places a night, bombing, getting booed, 
making mistakes, killing it, doing great, not doing great, looking at others succeed when you're not. So it's really a mental, geez, I just want to say like a mental game of doing the stand-up. And it was the highest of highs as well as the lowest of lows. So after four years, I created a pilot. And I teamed up with Coco Brown, who's an amazing, amazing stand-up comedian. She's now on Tyler Perry's To Have and Have Not. So she's a superstar right now. And we had a pilot that we pitched around to the network. When I went into the room to pitch the show, I was quiet. I didn't speak much. So when people came to see, see me perform, I would have 80 people there. They would show out. I would normally kill it. But in real life, since I was pretending to be somebody I wasn't, in the pitch room, I was really not myself I because I felt like I was faking it there because I had a writer and a director that was helping me versus really innately being in the stand-up comedian world, which everyone else was writing their own jokes. They were having fun. And I was like, I'm just here to get on a sitcom. I'm really not supposed to be here. So it was even though I would do great shows, I was miserable the whole time. So after the network passed on the show that we had, which was called The Rain Cat Show, it was really funny. I just was done with that chapter of my life, and I knew I had taken that as far as I wanted it to go, and I felt like it was time for change. Yeah. Yeah, I sense it's it's like deeply vulnerable to put yourself out there as a stand-up comedian because it's almost, it's like an acceptance, and like you're putting it all out on the line every time you go out. Uh, regardless of what, what material you're performing, it's, it is very vulnerable. Yes, and I always joke around. I say, once you do stand-up, you can do anything because it is the most, <laughs> it's the most, it's not like when you're a musician, you have your whole bandmates and you can get up and jam. When you're, now that I do talks and I do workshops and stuff, I get a little bit nervous because it's still talking in front of people, but I am there to educate. I'm not necessarily, and my jokes are just bonus, and the fact that I have a personality is bonus, <laughs> but I'm not there to make you laugh. So it's just, when you're a stand-up comedian, you're literally just there to make you laugh, and that's why so many comedians are depressed and they have issues, because <laughs> it's just such, it takes a certain it takes a certain personality to want to go out there and just do that every single night. And, you know, it just becomes all about you and getting the jokes. And I don't know, it's just such a crazy world. So when I decided that I wanted to change, I literally was broke, 10 grand in debt, living in my parents' garage at 30 or 31, whatever it was. And I just had to start over and I just started saying yes to opportunities and that once long story short I went to a business seminar because it was free someone gave me a free ticket I said well I don't have a business but I'll go because I have nothing else to do and I ended up winning out of someone drew my name out of a fishbowl that was worth pretty much a five grand business lookover and I won a mentorship and that's who said hey well what do you do I'm like I don't know I shop for people I make people laugh versus my clothes. I'm helping my friends who are looking for a husband find, revamp their image. So they're not looking like the slut bags at the bar. I hope that terminology was okay. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then that's pretty much how I started. And I just said, okay, fine. I'll try to be a personal stylist. And here I am eight years later. And you know, it's so funny because like I did improv for a while, but like what you just said about, it, I started saying yes to opportunity is like, you know, it's one of the foundations of improv, which is you accept all offers. Like I just, I love that yes. 
like when you start saying yes, I mean, if we get away from the comedy references, but like when you start saying yes to things that come to you, like, I don't know, doors open. It's crazy. I don't know if you want to say more about it, but it's amazing. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I would just say yes. Because yes. <laughs> here's the thing. When you go, whether it's just you're having lunch with someone or you're trying to connect with other girl bosses or whatever your, your thing is, you never know what that person can say. Even if you just meet that person once at a lunch or for a coffee, most likely I feel that like God, or if you want to say the universe for my spiritual friends out there, they're bringing people together for the better of the good. So even if you go out to coffee with someone and you never see them again, I always look for the gem in every situation. So what did we learn? Did they bring, what did they bring to the table? What can I learn from? What can I take away to make the, I know this is cheesy, but to make my life a better place, the world a better place. And then we kind of keep on for there. So I just don't believe that people come into your life for an accident. I fully agree. Yeah, it's so interesting. I mean, even when you start to like look into like power of intention and all that and the laws of attraction, like there's just something about even just the basic nature of saying yes to things that seem appealing and then speaking what was so truthful for you and so like deeply authentic about, well, this is what I do. And like, you kind of already knew the secrets of who you were and Mm -hmm. what you did. And it was like a really simple voicing of it, but then boom, (laughs) it's awesome. It really is. And for those of us, or for those of you who are still looking to kind of find your groove, I can honestly say, even though I was successful in the stand-up world, of course, because I had a writer that was a brilliant writer, so I was able to move up the ranks incredibly fast versus just sitting there writing my own jokes, right? Mm -hmm. And I cheated. So it's totally cheating. And that's why I wasn't supposed to be there. When you're not cheating yourself, Things come innately to you, and the universe opens doors. So, for example, when I first started personal styling, I sent out letters to every matchmaking agency in town because I didn't want to go the celebrity route. I really wanted to help real people, real women, real men attract love. So Mm -hmm. when I reached out to them, that's how I started, and I didn't even necessarily have to bang down doors to start getting my first clients. I had people sending me clients because I reached out to them in a strange way, and I can look at someone and instantly, just like they say, it only takes three seconds to make a first impression. In less than three seconds, I can see where we can improve, whether it's your colors, your styles, whatever it is. I am not scared to go into anybody's closet or style (laughs) anybody because I'm naturally gifted to do that. So I'm sure that you feel that about interviewing. You're a fantastic interview, Paula. So if you were trying to interview people and you weren't necessarily good at it, the universe is not going to reward you because it's hard for you. (laughs) Right. Mm, Yeah, because it's kind of like let it be easy. Like once you find that space of flow – I, I, um, like, yeah, with the podcast, like even I'm using air quotes around marketing is so Mm -hmm. simple because it's like, oh yeah, I just love to talk about this all day. Why, why wouldn't I? So I think that naturally, like, I I never feels like I'm selling anything at all because I'm, I'm not, it's just me being who I am and what I love to do. So I love that you've kind of put that through and, and what an ingenious idea to send out information to the local, um, local dating groups that like, Hey, I'm here. This would be a great and interesting fit for all of us. Like, cause it's so authentic. And, and I think people get so hung up on like, what is marketing and how do I market myself? And it's like, well, it's actually a lot easier probably than people are making it. 
Absolutely. And so with the other stylists that I follow on social media, I'm actually taking a mastery class from another stylist who's further ahead in the online marketing game than I am. And Mm -hmm. I'm learning so much. And in the class and in following others, I don't want to be that stylist that makes 30,000. Don't get me wrong. I want to make $30,000 in one day, but I don't think I have innately what it takes for me to sit down and grow my social media where it's at 200,000 and email people for a day, you know, four times a day to try to get my services sold. I love working with other companies. And so I've also reached out to other companies. I work also style for a branding agency for entrepreneurs. So I style people from all over the world from them. I'm currently working for, I just did a partnership with a fantastic organizational company that wants to release a style program. So I can go live my life while I have other people sending me people to style. And I thought that I wanted to be that stylist with 400,000 following and doing all these online programs, but I'm realizing I don't want to be that stylist and that's okay too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, as you're saying that, I mean, for listeners, I'm, I'm thinking back to an interview with um, Caitlin Greer-Meister, who is a, a voice actress. And it, she said mm-hmm. something so similar is there's this, this class of very happy working actors, actresses. And it's the same thing. Like they're finding complete joy in the space that they are working in. And that there's something about that, what, the, the image of the drive that seems, I don't know, people seem to think that either actors or actresses or podcasters in my case or stylists mm-hmm. that like that we all want to be in that. I mean, sure, why not? But like that there's like I don't really want to be the, the Joe Rogan experience. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's be like I don't want to be entrepreneur on fire. I want to be me. And so I think that it's really nice. Like, I don't know how we all get to that place where it's like, no, I, I just want to be me. And these connections and these kinds of conversations are what light me up. And so in my my own satisfaction in my own way, I feel very successful every day. Like, and that, I'm not telling myself short, that's enough. That's like beautiful. I love it. And that's so amazing. And to come to that place is really what I find I'm, you know, I struggle with and I search for. So mm-hmm. like we were saying, we all want to look good in that thing that like Kyle Jenner's wearing or maybe we want, we want the Joe Rogan. We think that we want the Joe Rogan experience because that's, <laughs> yeah. that's what's considered successful in the podcast world. But then we realize the more that we go down those, those paths, we're not supposed to be there. We're supposed to create our own path, our own uniqueness, and work with what we have in our own way. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Amen. <laughs> I love, I love it. it. <laughs> I love that we're having this discussion. This is fun. I love it. So I don't know. How do people, how have you found that you let go of those expectations? Or is it just, it sounds like both of us are coming at this place where mm-hmm. we are very in tune with what it is that we want and what it looks like and very accepting of it and what its shape is for, for us. Yes. Every day I remind myself that we're all doing our own path. We're all here for a purpose. And when you do a podcast like today, or when I get to meet people like you, or when the, you know, the, the branding agency sends me someone and I'm so engulfed in like making them over and I get the emails back saying what a great job I did. And their photos looked amazing, amazing for the new business website. That's what keeps me going. Sometimes I pull up 
I'll do screenshots. This is really cheesy. I do screenshots of emails from clients and from people that I've worked with of, oh my gosh, you've changed my life. This is so epic. And so when, when I get discouraged, I really pull up those emails or look at photos of past clients and that's kind of what keeps me grounded. So it's kind of, don't forget where you came from. Yeah, mm, that's so good. One of my tricks there too is it's for it's my for the win binder. <laughs> it's the same thing that you're talking about. I like love it. Everything you know, all of it. Yeah, and that's hat tip Michelle Ward, who's a creative career coach. But like, I, I and I look at them and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's right. I love doing this thing with this person. Look at how I don't know. Yeah, it's amazing. It's it's really good. And even I mean, I work a nine to five as well. And so whenever I've gotten an accolade there, it's right into the win binder. So. Yeah. The so wind little... binder. I need one of those. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, it's it's really, it's it's uplifting because it is hard. I mean, I think back to what we were even saying about the vulnerability of stand-up. It's also very vulnerable in a different way to be in this space, doing pursuing what you love. Because there are days that feel like defeat or th that is discouraging in some way. So I think, yeah, coming back to that. And I, and I have to say... Things are really not what they seem. So in this mastery class that I'm taking, I'm in it with about 15 other stylists. And when I first looked at the other stylists who were in the class with me, I said, oh, this person has this that they're great at. This person has this that they're great at. But each one of us, no matter how it looks, how successful we are on social media, we all have our little quirks and issues that we're all working out that we need help with. And mm -hmm. so when we're all coming together to kind of fill in the voice, just like you and I need each other to bring this conversation to the world, or your coaching clients need you to fill this, or the branding agency needed a stylist to help them do a better job so they can make over their websites and not have to deal with crappy photos, <laughs> right? So we all kind of feel this little void in for each other. And I think it's just to have to be open to doing that versus me, 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 it's all about me. And if I don't have X, Y, and Z, then I'm not happy. <laughs> There's such a gorgeous through line there with like what you also said earlier about, and I think it fits in so so beautifully with styling is that we are often judging other people on their external appearance or or their social media appearance or their whatever their external appearance is and, and wondering why I can't reach that when it's really, we don't know their insides. It's the same with clothes, right? Like. I can judge someone who's gorgeously dressed and assume all a million things about them and then put it back on myself as to like, why I can't I be that? But that's not right. We absolutely. Know, we don't know what Kylie Jenner is going through at the moment. I know. Poor Kylie. I love that. I, I mean, yeah, I was just using that as an example. Yeah. I was, I was also friends with a PR agent and we all compare ourselves to others and he had bloggers coming in every single, you know, five to six times a day, pulling clothes, this and that. And he knew about how much I worked and this and that. And he said, you know what, Rain? He's like, out of all the bloggers that come in here, I know they may have 500,000 followers and this outfit and that outfit. She's, he's like, but they don't work as much as you do. And I felt like, <laughs> I felt like that was so cool. So of course I'm trying to bump up my social media, get better photos, all that kind of stuff. But to know that my foundation is so secure and it's so firm, the rest will follow and it's okay if it takes time. Yeah, I agree. And it's, I don't know, it's, there's also something beautiful in there about recognizing if you see someone doing something beautiful or amazing, or you're delighted by them in some way, it's also a beautiful reminder that like, 
it's really nice to reach out and say those things. That's kind of, that's, that's actually my theme of the day, I think, for some reason. It's just saying like, hey, I appreciate you. You're doing a good job. So I'll just put that one yes, out there too. Yes, I also, yes, and I, I also try to do that in everyday life just to the waiters, the Starbucks people, the doorman, the, you know, it's really just so many people just get passed by because especially I live in Los Angeles. So, so mm-hmm. many people are just busy. They're cranky from the traffic. And so just to stop, like you said, and say, hey, nice shirt. I love what you're wearing today. Hey, how are you? It just makes such a difference in everybody's day. And really, they just pay it forward. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yes. Jumping back over to styling, why is it that we cannot let go of some of our clothes? So I, I made a reference that there's a pair of shoes that I bought in Boston, oh, probably 15 years ago. I, You know what? I will post Are they penny loafers? No, they're really cute little flats. They're pink and brown, mm. and they have little diamonds on them. I'll post a picture. Everyone can share in, um, <laughs> the delight of these shoes. Maybe that's their purpose. But, like, mm-hmm. what is it that you find? Why can't people let go of something um, that they may have not even worn? Like, what's going on there for us? So it could be the intention behind why you bought those shoes. So maybe you bought those shoes for a first date or for a new job opportunity or to say, hey, I'm in Boston for the first time. I'm going to buy these shoes. People get emotionally attached to their wardrobe. So when they're, for example, when they're hanging on to a certain time or aura of their life that they felt that was joyous for them, they want to keep getting back to that. And mm-hmm. a shoe will not help you. You have to realize that that was that shoe for that moment making you joyful at that time. So now we need to go get your new Boston pair of shoes for this time in your life to make you joyous for this time. So was that a time in your life where it was like a happy time and it kind of reminds you of that? Oh, totally. Yeah. There was a freedom in going into, it was, I bought them in a cute little boutique and like Mm -hmm. was with my mom and I think I was graduating from grad school and it was like, yeah, this all feels awesome, but I didn't have a clear purpose, but they were so cute. They were irresistible. So, so they marked a time in your life where you were at the beginning of something fabulous. You just had worked hard, you graduated, you're with your mama, like you said, and now you're moving towards to the grand old opportunities. You're about ready to reap what you sow. I would just say, take a picture of it. You can always frame it when you miss it. You can go back to it and you can look at it, but let's make a room for a new shoe. (laughs) Yeah, and maybe they need to go in the wind binder. Maybe that's yeah. where those shoes go so I can see them when I need to. And that's a great tip is just take a photo. If there's something that you love dearly, just take a photo of it and then let it go. I also had another great tip was my mom was hanging on to this jacket that I used to wear when I was five. And it was so cute. It was pink satin. There was a leopard on back of it. It was amazing. And so I ended up framing it. And now I have it framed in my house somewhere. So there's all those certain things that we are holding onto that can be translated and turned into art mm-hmm. or like a little placement. Maybe you put a little shoe box on top of it and you have it in your closet so you can look at them. I mean, if they're well taken care of, so there's things that you can actually turn into art versus, okay, I'm going to let it go. Or you can just take a photo of it. Yeah. Those are good tips. Yeah. And I like kind of the recognition of it marked something special, whatever it is. Cause I mean, we all, mm-hmm. the shoes are a great example, but I'm sure we all have the thing that ties through to a time in our life, good or bad that we feel like 
I don't want to let go of what this felt like or what that moment meant to me. And this is one of the ways that I can connect to that time and place. If somebody is like, oh my gosh, I need more rain in my life. Where Aww. can they find you? And what are, what are you working on that people could um, work with you in? Sure. So you can reach me at stylebyrain.com, R-A-Y-N-E. And if you misspell it, R-A-I-N, that's totally fine. It'll still point for me. My Instagram is at rainparvis, R-A-Y-N-E-P-A-R-V-I-S. And I do Skype sessions with people from all over the world so I can help you find your uniform. We can do color analysis online. You can send me selfies of you. I can say in just under one Skype session, under an hour, I can change your life, I promise. Mm-hmm. And I'm my book is on Amazon. It's called Ultimate Guide to Style from Drab to Fab. Yes, and I will put links to all that in the show notes if you're driving and <laughs> just need one place to find it all. So last couple of questions for you that I ask everybody. Where have you seen resistance come up in your life and how have you overcome it or worked with it? I've seen resistance come up in my life when it comes to making that big leap of being happy where I am and just reminding myself it's okay. Rome wasn't built in a day, so it's okay that I'm not a millionaire right now. I'm a thousandaire and I have to be happy with that because there's always tomorrow until there isn't. Mm, I love it. I love how that ties into what we talked about too. That's good stuff. And then last and most joyfully, what are three ways that you can think of to jumpstart joy in your life, in the world, or in other people's lives? My first tip is always what you say to when we're off air as well is dress like your one day is going to happen today. A lot of times we, what we are talking about is we choose those outfits that just do nothing for us. So if you knew that you were going to meet that one person, whether it be for love, for career, for whatever it is that was going to rock your world, what would you want to wear? And color is so key in this as well. Yellow brings joy. Blue brings joy. Green brings joy. It's scientifically proven that if you choose color, even if you love black, just throw in a scarf or a lipstick or something, it will actually make you happier. Yes. For sure. Yes. My next tip, number two, focus on what you're great at and don't try to beat yourself up and invest so much time into stuff that you're not great at. For example, if you're amazing at, okay, I'll just use myself, at styling people and being one-on-one and talking with someone, I'm not going to try to focus and be end-all, be-all on the internet part process, the email marketing. I'm going to try to find someone to hire that I can afford to help me in those areas versus spending all this time and effort into being great at something that I'm not innately supposed to be great at because we all need each other. Mm-hmm. My next one is what we already talked about is say yes and just see what happens and try to look for the lessons in every opportunity. Yes. <laughs> it's so it. cliche, right? But it totally yeah. works. So I feel like if you hear it enough times from enough different people, there will be that one person that's finally going to say yes. So thank you so much, Rain. Yay, you're welcome. <laughs> oh my gosh, Rain. Thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing your story with us this week. <laughs> you know, I totally adore you. <laughs> so to find out more about Rain and her book, The Ultimate guide to style from drab to fab and her work you can visit her at stylebyrain r-a-y-n-e.com or head on over to my website jumpstartyourjoy.com slash 
Rain Parvis, and you will get the show notes complete with the links and her book and everything we talked about right there easy. It's also, if you're on the Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts now app, you can see the show notes right in there. So that's another great reason to go look for it there. If you're on an iPhone, you can subscribe. You can also get the notes right there within your app. But of course, if you're driving, go look at it up. (laughs) later when you are to your destination please um so also if you go to the website be sure and sign up for the replay on that confidence workshop that we did last week next week on the show i will be back with a solo cast on why joy matters okay so i recently had a series of aha moments it came from the interviews with fred leblanc which of course is the lead singer for cowboy mouth and was a recent guest and julia samuel who is also a recent guest and wrote grief works which is about the process of bereavement and grief but so so those are kind of unlikely pair to create an aha moment for me but i've also been doing some work in tiffany hahn's inner circle her um, podcast is raise your hand say yes the amalgamation if you will of all of these things led me to the realization that joy isn't just a choice which if you have been around for a bit with the show you know that that's one of the the guiding quotes for the show is joy is a choice and we must keep choosing it but it isn't just a choice it's a necessity and it's something that we need to make room for in our day every day in some way so i'm going to be sharing all about that oh my gosh i'm totally fired up about it that's all for next week on the solo cast so i hope you'll come back for that and until then i hope that your day is filled with so much joy